This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this edition of Coming Home with John Allen. I am your host, John Allen. And before I get to my guests today, I'd like to tell you all that if you're listening to this on the radio, on a podcast platform, or if you're watching on YouTube, please look at the description uh, under this uh, episode and you will find a few links where you can click in if you'd like to support my work. And my work includes Loyal Oak Hands. And I'm going to be talking with that about, uh, about that with my guest. Let's see if I can talk today. Uh, for those of you who are listening on the radio, please go to my website at www.johnallenpod.com. That's J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. And here we are. This is my guest today, Miss Sulve Sather. Hi, John. Thank you for that Norwegian pronunciation. <laughs> Got to do it right. Got to do it. But I'm sure now you have a lot of time uh, in the U.S., so I'm sure yeah. you're used to a more Americanized pronunciation. Well, I had to kind of come up with my own over time. I mean, it just evolved into what it was, but I was, you know, solve, solve. I, I feel more like a solve than a solve. I feel like solve, <laughs> like it sounds very serious. And, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I'm far from serious. Uh, we have yeah, a serious. No, I know you're far from serious. <laughs> just I'm general, just a fool. I, you know that. I think of myself more as a solve, but you're right. The correct pronunciation is you know, I have been in Norway now for almost 20 years, and I'm starting to think in Norwegian. So when I see your name, I don't think Solve. I think Solve. Right. But you prefer that which makes one, sense. I which, mean, which one do you prefer, though? Well, usually it's like whoever you know. If I'm speaking English, I prefer Solve. If I'm speaking Norwegian, obviously it's going to be weird for someone to be like. Maybe I'll switch back and forth. Solve, like it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Like my name in English makes as little sense to Norwegian as my Norwegian name makes. Yeah, make. yeah you, know. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> but to the task so at whatever hand, whatever is comfortable for you, I don't care. Yes. How about yeah. hey you, yeah. hey woman? More important things. <laughs> hey you, hey woman, farm wife, special lady. Farm wife. My husband calls me. I have no credentials other than. That. Are you one of those farm wives? You go to bed with your boots on because there's no sense in taking them off. You're gonna have to get right up and go milk the cows anyway. So. No. No, no, I'm not. I should stop listening to to your husband then, because that's what he told me. You can go discuss that with him. You definitely don't want to listen to him unless it's just for entertainment. <laughs> oh, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Listen to the task at hand. Um, yes, I I mentioned Loyal Oak Hands. Now mm -hmm. that's on my website, JohnAllenPod.com, but it's far from my idea. You're the one that came to me um, with some things that you had heavy on your heart. Um, yeah, a very, very good thought, a good issue that you took up with me and it led to Loyal Oak Hands. Tell me about this. Uh, tell my listeners about this idea that you had. Okay. Well, really what happened is, um, over the years I've, I've helped a few friends, several friends with setting up fundraisers for, um, very difficult situations generally having to do with medical issues in the United States. Um, where, as we all know, there are there's a, <laughs> a pretty major deficiency in terms of, of health care there, affordable health care. Um, and I had put up a post on Facebook um, recently about one I've been helping a friend with, my, my friend Bronwyn. Um, and it's just such a terrible 
sad and desperate situation, and I was just really trying to find ways to garner some attention, get some traffic going to her fundraiser, um, and I put a post up asking, you know, hey, what are some ways to attract attention to a fundraiser? And you had responded saying, well, maybe I can help with my podcast so and radio show. So um, around that same time also, I had been in some arguments or just kind of pointless discussions online on a on a group of uh, Norwegians living in the United States. Uh. I've been a Norwegian in the United States and an American in Norway alternately my entire life. And that's how you and I met is through the expat groups over here. Right. Um, but anyway, in this group about Norwegians in America, there were um, people in there talking about, well, should we move to the United States, you know, from Norway? We're thinking about it. Tell us, you know, what some of the pros and cons are. And I was just like, why why would you do that you know um and 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 uh realizing that these norwegians were not necessarily particularly aware of just how just how bad and completely insufficient um uh, healthcare is over there for anyone who doesn't you know fit into a particular mold um first and foremost having money or having a very good job with very good insurance. And even then, even then you can run into all kinds of trouble, which, you know, I have many examples of. Well, even um, then, anyway, the, even then your insurance can run out. They may cover your you for insurance a, can run out. Yeah. You can. Yeah. And even with insurance, you know, you have these out of pocket annual maximums that are just enormous. You know, it's like, if you look at Norway, I think last year, the, the, uh, the threshold for hitting your free card where like you no longer pay for anything medical, even physical therapy was like $300, right? Less than $300. Whereas in the United States, you know, you might have an out of pocket maximum for your family. That's like $8,000. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. before that you don't even fucking get any benefits and pardon my mouth. We're allowed to swear here. You can swear here. <laughs> okay. Yay. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it's it's a dire situation. Um and so then you and I had a conversation and and um and I thought, you know, this would be maybe a good way to promote these fundraisers um and also bring some awareness to um Norwegians, um anyone else who might be listening and even um Americans about how, you know, there are constantly people slipping through the cracks and they're not even just they're not even cracks really they're more like yeah. gaping chasms <laughs> what do you think what is the biggest thing that you think norwegians need to be aware of you talked about they were talking uh, they were asking yes yeah, should we move to the united states and you asked them well why would you want to do that i'm sure that led to a very deep discussion what kind of things did you point out to them well you know i i i pointed out that um that healthcare is 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 very expensive, and and people, you know, immediately they come back with the the argument of, well, uh, you know, I've lived here for thirty years, and I always worked hard, and I've always been able to take care of myself. Okay, well, <laughs> you know what I would I'm say to gonna, that. No. You know what I would say to that argument? Probably something like what I said to it, but yeah, what? What did you ahead. What did you say? Tell me. No, I basically just said, you know, that's. It can go wrong for anybody, um, well, yes, and not exactly. everybody is able to to always work. And sometimes people lose their jobs because of something like a pandemic, or you know, whatever the case may be. Um, it's not a given that you're always just going to be able to. It's just not there for you. It's only there for you if you can maintain yeah. a, a certain, you know, ideal 
lifestyle. And I mean, ideal in the sense that you are able to keep well, your employment, yeah. keep your insurance, yeah. you know, well, I agree with you 100%. I tell people all the time, uh, you know, someone says, well, I've been here working in America for hard for 30 years and I've been fine. Well, working hard for 30 years, we could, we could just, we could go into that phrase right there and break it down. What does that mean? Working hard for 30 years. Uh, how much family time have you had? Um, you know, how stressed are you? How's your physical right. health because of all those 30 years of working hard? And then right. you compare it to 30 years of a work life in Norway. It's like night and day. You have, you have, oh, yeah. in, in Norway, they have a higher uh, standard of living. People, some people back home in the States refuse to believe that, but it's true. The average well, Norwegian... This is a socialist hellhole, John. Well, you know, and they, and they have a higher standard of living here in Norway, and they're working less. So you right. tell me where the benefits... You know, I, I know which way I would be looking if I had a choice, which I do, <laughs> as I live here mm -hmm. in Norway. So, mm -hmm. it, But do you find it hard to break through, or did you find it hard to break through to those people who came with those kind of cliche points and phrases yeah no they don't they don't want to hear it they don't. <laughs> um it's pretty much like you know any arguing with strangers online just ten generally tends to go yeah. nowhere no matter how good your argument is or how many facts you lay out it doesn't really matter. is it the same for norwegians who want to go back to who want to go move into the states are they as stuck in their in their ways in their thought process as americans are I think, you know, this particular one that I'm thinking of that happened right before we talked, it was a family and they had like five kids and they were talking about moving over there and moving to Irvine, California, which is like a really expensive area. And, you know, uh, the person got defensive and was like, well, we wouldn't be considering a move if we couldn't afford it. And I'm like, yeah, you don't. Well, <laughs> that's the problem. You know, people have great jobs. They have done everything right. Um, and they still end up in these situations where yeah. they lose their great job. And then their, you know, Cobra insurance suddenly costs them thousands of dollars a month to cover their. That's not. Well, well one thing is that a lot of. On any level. It's yeah. insanity. Well, one thing is that a lot of Norwegians who consider their, themselves a uh, USA experts is because they have one cousin or one friend who lives in one particular town who gives one right. point of view from one set of experiences. And then they believe that that just is applicable to any situation in the United States. You know, let me take a, a break real quick. I got a break for some music here. Sure uh, thank you everybody for listening. We'll be right back. And I'm back with Solvay Sather, or Solvay Sather, <laughs> whichever Solvay one fits. Solvay Sailor. Silver Sailor. The Silver Sailor. Oh, oh God. no. I, that makes I, me sound really old, John. I, shouldn't, I, should not, I should not play around with your name. I used to fight people for calling me Reese's Pieces when I was a little kid. Oh, shit. You know, my husband's last name is Reese, also only spelled yes. differently. Yeah. We have the same. And actually, our, our really good friend and neighbor used to call our family the Reese's Pieces. <laughs> So, hey, those were fighting yeah, I, words. I have a positive connotation. Okay, see, those that. were fighting words for me when I was a kid. Right. See, for us, it's like, oh, that's really sweet, cute. You know? um, <laughs> let's let's keep talking about um, what Norwegians need to be aware of about the situation back home. Because when I, you know, after talking with you and then the idea for helping these people and bringing awareness to their funding campaigns, um, you know, when, when, when you really got me on fire for that, I started mentioning it to some of my Norwegian friends and they almost look at me. Um, you know, we would call it that, 
Well, we would call it that classic Norwegian blank stare, but underneath all of that is, yeah, disbelief. They don't, uh, they're very skeptical. I think people in general are skeptical right. to funding campaigns, like, you know, GoFundMe or Kickstarter. Sure. But then when you try to tell a Norwegian that there's an American or two or five or thousands who are really in trouble, I mean, we're talking about lives on the line because yes. they don't have the funds to get the necessary medical care. How do we break through? How do we make them aware? I mean, that's the thing. I You can lay out facts and, and figures, but I don't think that really um, hits people in the same way as individual stories, you yeah. know? Um, and and addition, in addition to the, you know, the people we have fundraisers up for right now, um, you know, you have to give examples of, of just how badly things can suddenly go, even though you're in a great position, you have a great job, you're doing everything right, you're, you know, a hard worker and all the yeah, because what we'll hear from the American side, especially people who kind of lean towards the right, they'll say, well, if you're in a bad situation, it's because it's your own fault. It's because mm -hmm. you didn't do this, that, right. or the other correctly. Right, right. So let's take, for example, and this isn't someone I'm raising funds for now because she's actually managed to make it out of her crisis, but uh, someone I know recently posted about how uh, several years ago she was living in her car getting chemo and radiation for a brain tumor. Like this woman, uh, a registered nurse who was working in a hospital as a nurse, working full time, had a great job, had gotten an education, had really good insurance. Guess what? She got a brain tumor, couldn't work anymore, lost her job, lost her insurance, lost fucking everything, and was getting cancer treatments living in her car. And this is not, this isn't some like crazy extreme example. This is basically something anyone living in the United States who is living in a more or less, you know, paycheck to paycheck kind of situation, which honestly, a lot of them are. most of them, by far, most of them are. Yeah. Anyone in that kind of situation, you're not secure. You're not safe. You're not no. protected. You might have a job, you might have insurance, but that can be lost so quickly, very quickly. And then there's nothing, there's nothing there to catch you, you know, and the things that are there to catch you, <laughs> Uh, which vary from state to state, obviously. It can yeah. be, which we'll get into more later when we're talking about some of the people we're raising funds for now. Uh, can be prohibitively difficult and complicated and um, um, time-consuming, and, and the waits are incredibly long to, to try to get those things done, to try to get disability or to try to get any kind of government benefits for people in dire situations is, very tricky and overcomplicated, much like health insurance itself. Well, overcomplicated um, is a good word because why should it be so difficult to get, why, why is it so difficult to be humane? Why is it so difficult to help others in our society? Why is that also looked down? Again, it's the skepticism that people have to any kind of fundraising campaign or the skepticism they have towards a person who is in need. They want to blame them and say it's their fault and they've done things wrong. Right. It's just such a. Right. It's 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 a it's a situation that's just turned upside down. Mm -hmm. What's right appears to be wrong, and what's wrong appears to be right in the hands of those who are in power. Unfortunately, it's yeah. a political issue as much as it is a social it's issue. So politicized. Yeah. And um, and that's the other thing you know, which kind of reminds me of the fact that even within the the fundraising 
world, right? It's normal. It's become normal. Everyone's used to, any American in particular is used to having, you know, fundraisers in their face all yeah. the time. Yeah. And in that the sort of fundraising community, right? There's like any number, it's just an endless amount of people who are like, help me, I'm desperate. Yeah. And um, uh, within that, sort of segment of people, you have uh, people who are kind of fundraising winners, right? People who stand out in that world. And when random philanthropists go looking through, hey, where can I, you know, throw some money? Um, you get like the, the kid, and I, I'm by no means discounting these terrible, tragic situations, okay? No. But if you have a child with a rare disease, a baby who is going to die if they don't get you know, whatever treatment they need within the next two years or whatever it may be, those kinds of campaigns tend to capture the attention of strangers. Okay. And you have campaigns like that where people are looking to raise millions of dollars and you look at them and they're like, wow, these guys are at $500,000. You know, yeah. you don't get there by just going to your family and friends. Right. Um, if you're lucky enough to have a solid network of family and friends, which not everyone is. Yeah. And that's due to no fault of their own um uh even in those um yeah and then you have sorry <laughs> then oh, you okay. have um things like like you were mentioning like the politicization politicization um you have uh people raising funds for like a kyle rittenhouse right yeah it's like oh let's get this guy um yeah. lots and lots and lots of money because yeah. just because yeah. just because eh, fuck you like own the libs fuck you know yeah um whatever yeah uh pay for his legal expenses those kinds of campaigns are get funded really easily they get overfunded they go yeah. well beyond the goals they set originally yeah. and then they keep going yeah. because people just want to throw money at certain things yes but when you have somebody who is an adult who suddenly just lost everything or has an invisible illness or doesn't have a bunch of friends doesn't have a lot of family um you know, for them to scrounge up even a few thousand dollars so that they can get out of a homeless situation when they're sick becomes almost this insurmountable challenge unless you know they somehow get the attention of more than just their own um, network. Yeah. It's a big challenge for those people who don't have that broad network, you know? Um, uh -huh. But see, that's why what you were talking about really got me on fire. Um, I have a platform. Uh, there's other people out there who have a much, much, many times larger platform than what I do. My whole thought process is that if all of us, with or without a platform, were to, well, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> talking about platforms. Uh, okay, any of my Facebook, let's just take my Facebook followers, for example. And if they're listening now, I'm putting a challenge in their hands, okay? Uh, I have almost 4,000 between my artist page and my private page, almost 4,000 Facebook followers. If all of them were to just give $1, mm -hmm. we could change the lives of the so far three people that we're trying to support and help through Loyal Oak Hands. If everybody would just give $1. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I think that just about everybody sure. among those almost 4,000 followers on Facebook can afford to give $1. 
Uh, can you imagine if they could afford to give five dollars? Think know? about it. well, yeah, you know, or think about some it. of them can give a dollar, some of them can give a hundred dollars. Think or, about it. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's just. Yeah. I wish, I wish we could, and and I'm putting, I'm putting a challenge out there, but I, I don't want anyone to feel bad because if you can give, you can give. If you can't, you can't. But what a world it would be if more people were willing to give, if more people were aware of the number of people who are in need, and then if they would take that knowledge and do something about it by giving or contributing in some way, lives right. would be changed, our society would be changed. Yes. And, you know, I personally, I'm not really in a position to give much in the way of money, and that's why I you know, try to find other ways to help. Like, well, let you're... me get this GoFundU. Exactly. Uh, go, GoFundU. GoFundMe <laughs> up and running. GoFundU. Fund well, like you, I said, buddy. you are the, you're the source. You're the source of the, the you're the idea behind Loyal Ocans. You know, um, Loyal Ocans, we're looking to, to, to help those people who fall between the cracks. People who have actually a lot of resources they can do a lot for themselves and their family but now they're in a situation to where they can't and if they can just get back on their feet they can have a meaningful life where they're contributing not only to themselves and their family but to the greater society there's some good people that we're trying to help um we are and i mean you know just to not um put too much on on anyone uh, some of these people i mean in in reality in all honesty are not going to get back on their feet that's you know, true the best they can hope for is to maybe not be overwhelmed by anxiety as to about, about how they're going to survive mm. um and 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 you know it's easy to to come in here and be like oh this this person we're raising money for what a great person what an amazing person if we could just you know get them up there where they belong again and get them doing yeah. their thing but then, some of them you know, won't get back on their feet some, some of them won't will... get back on their feet and that doesn't make them any less deserving of right. a decent good point life and when i say a decent life i just mean you know a roof over their head and some food yeah. and to not have to worry that's the you know the worrying the the psychological and the mental health aspect of this um it's so taxing it's and, very taxing the 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 link between our mental health and our physical health and particularly um stress on on any kind of illness yeah. um you know it's a no-brainer and when you don't know where you're going to be spending the next night which you know like in Bronwyn's case that's kind of what we're looking at here I don't even know if Bronwyn has a place tonight yeah you so, know it's a, it's a day it's a day-by-day -day struggle for her um, I want to take a break right now and when we come back yes. I'd like to get into Bronwyn's story okay um, yeah Thanks, everybody, for listening so far. Uh, open up your hearts, open up your minds, open up your hands, and look at Loyal Oak Hands on www.johnallenpod.com. And then look in the menu, check out Loyal Oak Hands. There's some stories there that will move you. Uh, if you have any kind of a heart, as I know 99.9% .9 of us have, you'll be moved by these stories, and I hope you will be encouraged to give. Keep in mind, um, neither myself nor Solvay have anything to do with the funds coming in you people are giving directly <laughs> to these individuals okay this is coming home with john allen here's a little music break okay and we're back everybody thank you for listening to this edition of coming home with john allen i am john allen i'm speaking with Solvay sethet we're talking about giving y'all 
This is the season for giving, and that is exactly what we're talking about. Um, before our last break, you started talking about uh, Bronwyn Grace. Can you tell us a little bit about her story and what she needs? Um, yeah, so Bronwyn um, was living in Oregon. Uh, she was doing work in theater. She had, um, I don't remember exactly what her employment was, um, but she had a job. You know, she was living her life like uh, any normal person, and she went to uh, get her eyes checked. She uses prescription lenses. And... Um, the optometrist, they did the dilation, right, where they yeah. look deep into your eyeball. And um, <laughs> they saw something that uh, was a cause for concern and told her that she should go see a neurologist. Um, and that was how di uh, Bronwyn was diagnosed with um, idiopathic intracranial hypertension which, uh, you know, idiopathic means without known cause. Intracranial means, you know, in between your brain and your skull. Yeah. Um, and uh, hypertension, obviously, is high pressure. So Quite the crippling is, ailment. Yeah. And basically what this illness does is it, uh, it mimics the symptoms of um, a brain tumor or, or brain damage. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, where's my notes? Okay, so it's, uh, it causes, uh, severe headaches, tinnitus, all kinds of vision problems from, like, blind spots to full-on temporary blindness. Um, it causes neck and shoulder pain, it causes nausea, it can be, uh, mentally yeah. disorienting, um, it's exhausting, it's just, it's a, yeah. it's a, a real nightmare. She's been fairly debilitated for quite some time now. <laughs> she has. And, and of course she was, <laughs> I'm sarcasm here, sarcastica font. Um, this happened around the same, uh, shortly before COVID. And so between, um, the pandemic and she had to have two brain surgeries yeah. after she was diagnosed. Um, she ended up with no job, no insurance. She has a very limited network. She does not have any family that can take her in, for example. Um, and uh, she, she was fortunate enough to find some friends that she could stay with for a limited time um, in California. And she was there through 2020 and part of 2021. Um, but then that situation was no longer, yeah, it was no longer tenable and available no. and she had to make a move. So, um, due to the California climate, not necessarily being the best for her illness. Um, and I, I'm no expert on this or anything, so forgive me if I sound, you know, no, that's okay. <coughs> I'm just telling you what I do know. Yeah. Um, between, uh, her illness and, um, and the pandemic, um, she just ended up in a situation where her only income was, uh, uh, food stamps, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> that's not an income. That's no. barely enough food. And that's um, while her housing situation has been at times non-existent. At times non-existent. And, 
she had applied for disability, which in California, it's again, like everything else in, in healthcare, in social services in the United States, it's so overly complicated. It takes such a long time to try to get things figured out. And when you're sick, yeah. um, and dealing with debilitating headaches and nausea and can't, can't, you know, walk for more than a few minutes at a time, you can't work. Um, you can, you know, apply for disability, which she did, but then if you work while you're waiting yeah. to get your disability, yeah. then you become disqualified because right. you're proving it's that a, you it's can a, work. It's a ridiculous, it's, like, it's a ridiculous situation. Uh, uh, and to compare Norway and the States, while you're waiting on disability here in Norway, you get, a, you get paid. You get, uh, you, you get, get sick money. Exactly. You get paid. So you don't have that enormous gap with with absolutely no income that doesn't happen here no. in norway and something's that's something catch you exactly here. and that net. Yeah. net after net and i want to say that so that the norwegians listening understand the situation that bronwyn is in um uh in the interest of time i just want to i just want to jump in here and say that uh bronwyn needs a significant amount yes of cash. Yeah. Um, now, the last thing that we tried to push push was to get her five hundred dollars within a week, so that she would be able to pay a deposit uh, for a place to live. I think that's already. I don't know. It well, changes every day. Well, the thing is, is the money from the money did come in, but she had to spend it to live. Right. So, just, so see, it's, she's always point. she's always playing catch up, and that's why I say yeah. if we could get people active to the point where. Uh, uh, everybody who's listening to this, everybody on my uh, on my Facebook feed, for example, everybody on my Instagram feed, if you would just give one dollar to Bronwyn, you could change her life. Yes. One dollar would do it if everybody did it. Mm -hmm. But I know everybody can do more than one. What if you gave 10? What if a couple of people gave 100 and so on and so forth? Right. You could change her life and pull her out of this situation. That's the thing. You know, John, and that's a whole, it's, a, it's another layer of what we're talking about. You know, when things become difficult, they just become more and more and more difficult. Yes. Um, when you are in a situation, like Bronwyn ended up having to move to, long story short, she moved to Massachusetts because there are specialists there, because the climate is better for her there, and because the process of getting disability tends to go a little bit faster there. Yeah. So she put everything, all her eggs in one basket and moved to Massachusetts. And she's basically spent by now, you know, what would have been enough to get her into a place and maybe pay a couple of months rent in advance. Yes. Because people won't rent to you when they don't, when you don't have income. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a never ending situation. And, yeah. You have, you have to give, <clears throat> but the amount that is needed continues to grow. And you right, also have to remember she has to have money to live on. It's right. it's a it's it's a rough For situation. Every day she isn't able to get an apartment, which is like never so far. You know, she's been in a couple of situations where she's been kind of close, but then yeah. either she doesn't have enough money to do it or the people who are renting out the space don't have uh, the confidence in her. They don't know her. They, you know, see she has no income. She does she's not even getting disability yet. Yeah. She's chronically ill. She's, you know, um, I, and uh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have to take a break here, but fin finish your thought. Oh, just you know. So you end up having to spend all this money. It's like that thing where being poor is expensive, right? Yes. When you don't have a permanent residence, suddenly you're paying a hundred dollars a night. I mean, that's yeah. just a 
random figure for for an Airbnb or for a hotel or whatever it may be. And that adds up to what, $100 a night? That's like $3,000 rent. Well, you know? here's a good example about how it's expensive <laughs> to be poor. Uh, I saw this on Instagram a few weeks ago. Uh, maybe it was last Tuesday. It was Giving Tuesday last week. Or maybe that was the week before. I can't remember. But uh, anyway, it went something like this. A rich man will buy a pair of boots for $50. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And those pair of boots will last maybe six months. And then he'll just buy another pair for $50 and so on. A poor man, because he, and here's where, here's where the poor get ostracized. The other way around, the poor man has to buy the cheap boots, where the rich man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. Thank you. Rich man buys the fancy boots. They last for years. They're amazing. That's it. Thank you. Really good quality. The poor man can only afford the shitty boots. There you go. Thank you. So not only are they not lasting at all, but they're also garbage that we end up having to throw away. It's like this. Saved by, saved by (laughs) survey. Yeah, you saved right. me. I was getting like, that wait wrong. Wait a minute, something's off. There. I was getting that wrong. But yeah, it, it's that same thing. It's very, very expensive to be poor, and when you're also chronically ill, severely ill, on yeah. top of being poor, then you know, fuck you. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's take. Let me take a quick break here. Let's break for some sure music, thing. and when we come back, I want to talk about another one of the people we're trying to help through loyal cans. Loyal cans. We're bringing attention to some of these people who are in need. Uh, you can find the whole program on www.johnallenpod.com. J o h n a l a n p o d. dot com, and then look under loyal oak hands. Thank y'all for listening. And welcome back, everybody, to Coming Home with John Allen and my conversation with Miss Solvay Sather. We're talking about giving, y'all. This is the season for it. Uh, if you ask me, the season for giving is constant. It's not just around the holidays. We should always be in that mindset, uh, being aware of others around us in our society, uh, whether they're near or far. Society affects us all, and we should give to those who need. Um, that's my thought. You don't have to think as I do, but uh, I invite you to at least examine that that idea. I want to talk about uh, someone who I know, Miss Joy Linsky. She's also on the list of people we're trying directly to, to help through Loyal Oak Hands. Um, Joy lost her husband uh, a few months ago to suicide. And with his passing went all of Joy's uh, income and insurance and possibly housing opportunities. Um here a few weeks ago, they took away, she lives way up in the mountains of Virginia, um, beautiful part of the country, a beautiful lady. Uh, she's one of the kindest souls I've ever had the pleasure of getting to know. And she's up there and they just came and took away her, uh, her oil tank for her, for heating. And wow. here comes wintertime up in the mountains and they took it because she was unable wow. to, yeah, it's really? crazy. It's crazy. That's just, see, that's another thing. Like here in Norway, that wouldn't happen. You, that no. would not happen. No. Well, and then, but then it also goes back to the medical bills. Uh, Joy is also a heart patient, and right. uh, she already owes her cardiologist a little over nine hundred dollars, and she's in desperate need of another appointment, another checkup for her heart condition, much less her heart medication. See, do you see the need, yeah. people? Just very briefly, I just want to shine a light also on Joy Linsky. She's there on Loyal Oak Hands. Her fundraising campaign is there. Uh, she started this campaign herself. Um, she's taken responsibility. She's quite the resourceful woman. 
Uh, she's had it rough for quite a while in her relationship with her husband. May he rest in peace. Uh, but honesty says she did have a lot of problems in that relationship, and she's had a lot of struggles in life. But through her struggles, she has always always been there to give to others who need help even more than she does. And that's the beautiful thing about Joy Linsky. So I'm speaking her case right now to you people very briefly. I just wanted to put that in there. And again, you can find out how to help her on www.johnallenpod.com. Look on the menu under Loyal Oak Hands. Um, I want you people to know as well, if you, if you write into me, um, I will, uh, you know, and tell me that, tell me your story or tell me the story of someone, you know, and, and if I can help them as well, uh, uh, I'll do that. Um, this, this is something that needs to grow loyal Oak hands right now. It's just you and I, this needs to grow. So we need to get more people involved. We need to, like I say, if everybody just did a little bit, we could change lives. Yeah. And you know, um, there's a lot of charitable opportunities in the world and, um, but these people are kind of, these are the people who even fall through the cracks in terms of that, you know, they're not yeah. easily found. And, and, and with Loyal Oak hands, um, uh, we're vetting them. We know these are legitimate, you know, stories and people, and it's not some kind of a scam. So, yeah. so there's that. <laughs> and there are, um, we're going to, you know, we're going to formalize uh, Loyal Oak Hands. That's something I'm in the process of doing, uh, formalizing it and having an actual board of directors to assist in the vetting process and the, you know, the structure of Loyal Oak Hands. We want this to be a serious operation that has a serious focus on helping people. So just so y'all know who are listening or watching, that is coming. Yeah. Uh, Soldai, tell me about Atticus. Atticus. So, um, <clears throat> Sarah, Atticus's mom, um, is, is a, an old and dear friend of mine. We've been friends since I was 14 years old. So uh, this situation is, is very close to my heart. Um, by the way, Atticus is, uh, goes by Jay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they are, they being Atticus, um, whose pronouns are they, them. Um, J, J, sorry, I'm getting this mixed up. And it does say Atticus in the fundraiser, so it's yeah. a little bit confusing. But we are talking about Atticus, but I'm going to refer to him as J. Refer to them as J. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm trying. <laughs> well, we know, we know uh, our hearts in the right place. Know, I may, yeah, I may mess up the pronouns the right as well, but our hearts are in the right exactly. place. After all, we want to help this young, this young person. Yes, we want to help. Yes, we do. Um, you know, they're 21 years old, um, and that's now, right? In 2018, well, I, should, I need to go back even further. Uh, there's been lifelong um, uh, mysterious health situation problems. I just want to break in here. Just keep. We only have about two or three minutes before before I have to break again. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. No problem. Um, it's a lot of uh, the, the Atticus has or Jay has uh, a lot of mysterious health issues. Um, but what it got really bad in 2018 when he became, they became, became ill, uh, from food poisoning, got E. coli at a restaurant and basically never got better. Um, lost a whole bunch of weight and, um, was up and down a lot. Um, they have found some, some pathogens, uh, Lyme disease, Bartonella, 
babesis. That's some serious stuff too. I'm, I'm going to let you know. Yeah. And it's also, it's another one of those, those things where it's a controversial illness or oh. what is so-called invisible illness where people are more like, eh. you know, if you get, if you have cancer or something, people are like, Oh, cancer. Here, mm. have some money. When you have this kind of stuff, it's like, what is that? I don't know what that is. I'm not sure that's really legitimate. I'm not, you know, yeah. um, <clears throat> But anyway, in conjunction with all of this, uh, again, the provider for the family, Krager, uh, Jay's father, lost his work under COVID. He's a film editor. He made a good living. Uh, they ended up having to spend all of their savings and retirement money and everything on trying to get their kid well. He's yeah. you know, on the verge of needing a feeding tube. He was It was life-threatening. Um and he is doing better, but there's still a lot more that needs to happen. Um, it puts a huge strain on emotional and mental health as well. Being in this kind of situation, and that goes to you know everyone who's in these situations yeah. where you basically have to lay all your health and personal information out to the public and be like, Help And that's me. been a struggle. That's been a struggle for Atticus. Um, the yes, privacy you know. issue, but at the same time, they need help. So, right. but I, I will say this, uh, on the funding campaign for Atticus, it is quite, uh, well-written with details about mm -hmm. what Atticus is suffering from and what Atticus needs. One yes. thing specific that I want to mention is Atticus is in need of a support dog, it which if you know anything about that, if you know anything life. about that, it will make a huge difference. <laughs> difference in Atticus's life. It's quite expensive. Well, you know, we're not talking about $3 million, you know, for, but, but we're talking some tens of thousands uh, that Atticus needs. So I do want to make sure I say that, and I'm sorry to have to cut you off, Solvay, but I have to take a break uh -huh. for music. I want no you people worries. to know that the details for both Atticus, uh, Joy, and Bronwyn can be found on my website at www.johnallenpod.com. J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com and under the menu, Loyal Oak Hands. You can find their stories and if you can find it in your heart to give, um, I'll love you for it. Uh, I will. Uh, and so will so uh, Let's take a break for some music here. This is Coming Home with John Allen. And welcome back to Coming Home with John Allen. Yeah, where were we, Solvay? <laughs> um, we were talking about Jay, also known as yeah. Atticus. Yeah. Um, and... The, the, the primary need right now is for a service dog um, would be extremely helpful for many, many reasons. Um, and the biggest cost of that is not getting the dog itself, but it's the training. It's the training. For the dog. The whole, yeah. You can't just go pick up a dog at the town yeah. and be like, you're my service dog. Right. There's a whole right. process there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that, that brings me to another point, which is that, you know, yes, he needs the service dog. Um, if they don't bring in enough money for that dog within the you know first few months, um, I think it even it says this in the the body of the most recent update to the fundraiser. Um, you know they'll end up spending that money on other medical expenses. Right. Um, because again, it's an ongoing. Exactly. Need. It goes in a loop. And it just keeps going yes. and going and going. The constant costs. And this is an and example of someone who will probably never get onto a solid financial ground because of the ongoing cost. No matter how much people give, right. there's always going to be a cost. Yes. Um, now, I don't want that not, to sound hopeless because, no, not yeah. at all. Because, I mean, the, the, the because the contributions do help. The, 
yes, they con Absolutely. contributions help and they can keep on helping. Yes. And, you know, I think for some of these people, there's a couple we haven't even gotten into yet that are in the same kind of situation in terms of needing ongoing help um, and really not having a lot of chances to be okay without ongoing help, yeah. you know, um, for whatever reason. And, and yeah, that's probably the case here. And I, I wanted to take the opportunity too to, um, you know, when it comes to the insurance, if, and we're talking about um, about Jay here, uh, they had really great insurance. Um, they mm. were still paying a lot out of pocket, in addition to you know what the employer before the loss of employment happened um, during COVID was paying, um, and then they had. Uh, after that, it was Cobra. Cobra, you know, we're talking about thousands of dollars a month. It's crazy. It's, it's There's people paying two, three thousand dollars a month, and to maintain their insurance. And that's after basically they lose their job. Yes, yes. And I mean, I don't know, you know, depending on where you live in the United States, um, you know, two, three dollars, two, two or three dollars, two or three thousand dollars a month. Um, I think for most people, that's more than their rent. You know, uh, it's it's a huge amount of money. And when you're talking about, again, in Norway, how um, after you spend $300 out of pocket for the year, they're like, oh, that's enough. And yeah, for Norwegians here, listening, imagine having to pay 30,000 kroners a month for health insurance. 30,000 kroners a month. Imagine that. Yeah. It's not, it's just, yeah, it's absurd. Um Anyway, and that's then you're paying for the insurance, and that's the, that's the really fucked up part, John. Is imagine having to pay, you know, let's say twenty thousand dollars a month to insure your family medically, and then your plan is, uh, you know, let's say it's a even like a gold level plan. Yeah. You still have, which means there's there's these bronze, silver, gold, platinum. These are like. How much health care insurance, how much health insurance can you afford? Basically, yeah. the, the less insurance you can afford, the less benefits you're getting for your insurance. So if you're really, really poor and you can still somehow manage to eke out, you know, uh, $400 a month for individual insurance or $1,200 for a family on like a bronze plan, yeah. um, <clears throat> you're still... You still have copays. You still have a uh, um, uh, deductible. Um, deductibles, you know, a three thousand dollar deductible isn't considered especially high. Some plans have six thousand dollars deductibles. Yeah. So you're not even getting any benefits from that insurance until you hit that deductible. So you're paying twenty thousand dollars a month, and then you have to pay not only copays but in some cases the whole amount because you haven't met your deductible yet. It's, yeah, I was just gonna say it's between such a scam, it's yeah. so overcomplicated. Between the deductible and the copay, some people just aren't making it because it's more than what no. they're making a month. Yeah, and to say nothing of the people who are who are jobless, <laughs> you know. I know, and not I, making I, anything. I have another friend who she basically decided. Uh, this is another friend. In case that wasn't clear, this is not anybody on these um, on these fundraisers in particular, but young uh, woman doing really well in her career, uh, lost her excellent job because of COVID. Um, she's managing, you know, hospitality types of things, high end clubs and restaurants and anyway um she uh had to 
it came down to not being able to afford that insurance every month. Oh. And if you can't afford insurance, um, if you don't have insurance that, you know, they ask for proof of it on your, on your um, income tax return, um, at least in California where she is, basically came down to, you know what, I'm just going to pay the $900 fine and get by because I'm a relatively young and healthy person um, rather than <clears> – <throat> try to come up with this money every month that I don't have. Yeah. Um, Isn't that so sad? That is just so pathetically sad. Annual, it's, it is. And, and we could get into, you know, the Affordable Care Act and, and why that left so many people out. Um, and I'm not, you know. Well, it could you know, have been better. It could it, have been much better. But the problem, in the, the, the sort of root problem there is that you can't just do a nationalized health care in the United States because you have this entire insurance industry that has to be propped up. You can't just say, okay, you know what, we're going to do away with insurance or make the insurance industry much smaller. You can't do that because then there's all these jobs that go yeah, by the wayside. Yeah. And, you know, the U.S. has the most expensive health care in the world, and a big, huge part of that expense is the administrative costs of dealing with this yeah. endless bureaucracy. I mean, it, and it's endless. every plan is different. It's so complicated. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, bring some notes into this podcast because – I don't have any credentials of any kind and I didn't want to sound like I was talking out of my ass, but like the more I looked into um, how all these things work, it just the, the more complicated and the uglier it yeah. became. And it's just not, well, you can tell your brain. I don't need to sit here and explain this to people because People can yeah. barely figure it out. That's yeah, you can you tie your brain in a knot trying to figure mm -hmm. out uh, the insurance uh, industry, but to put it in basic terms, it's a scam. <laughs> you know, it's and it's not. It is scam. not there. It is not there to help people. It's there to make money, and that says it, it all. Is. That says it's it all. A for profit industry, just like prisons in the U.S., which is its own podcast me, episode. Let, let me ask you something. Where did this big, gigantic, loving heart that you have come from? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think of myself that way. Um, I, I, come on I, now. I guess I just, you know, I feel for people. I, I, and I've been in difficult situations myself and, um, well, there you go. You've lived it. I don't know, John. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've had my own difficult situations put that way, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, to me, it's just, I, if I can help people, I want to. Um, and I don't, like I said before, I don't have a bunch of money I can give people. Like, if I could, I'd love to give Bronwyn $5,000 right now. Get into a place. So you but you know how it. you're giving? You know so how you you're can... giving? You're giving by shining, shining a light. <clears throat> You're giving well, by I'm talking about it. Something. And you, you give you, me a platform, so I appreciate that. Well, and you you are the one who pushed me into starting the whole thing with Loyal Oak Hands. This is your idea that I just put onto a website and I'm trying to build up into an organization now. So this is you. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, Loyal Oak Hands was your idea, um, but I definitely, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk about this. I'm not, 
you know, like I said, I'm not an expert by any means. And I'm not, you know, this really, really, really super nice person. So I, I can be, believe me. Um, <laughs> but I can see, I see, your, I, I see your angry side. I bet you you got a little temper oh. in there, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're um, a sweetheart. Stuff, you're... I, I get mad about this stuff. And because I just, you shouldn't have to be, you know, a lot of times with these fundraisers, people are like, oh, this is such a great person and like let's help this wonderful amazing person it's like you know what you shouldn't even have to be a wonderful amazing person the fact that you're human should entitle you to a certain amount of dignity and and care especially when you are living in one of the so-called wealthiest countries in the world i'll say this paying lots of taxes well, you know? well here, here's the thing um i i for the life of me i can't understand um, this harsh thread that's going through society, especially American society, where they look down on people who are poor, they turn their nose up at a GoFundMe campaign, and they'll blame these people who are suffering. I'll never understand that. Why can't people look at it analytically? Forget about having a heart. Look at it in raw numbers, okay? Uh You as a selfish person, you want things to be as good as possible for yourself. Okay, fine. When you look at society, can you not see the logic in thinking that if the least of us have it better, that will then raise all of society, which will then affect you as an individual? I know there's a lot of nuance in there. Abstract for I've never been called abstract before. Not you, (laughs) but my point is that you know this idea that like oh you know everyone will be better if if the most vulnerable among us are better. But don't you believe that? I believe that. I believe that. that. I I truly believe that. My point was that it's, it's too abstract for the extremely, um, you know, the, the individualist American, North American, U S U S I should say mindset of, of me, 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 take care of me. Um, as long as I'm okay, that's all I really care about. Um, and that's unfortunately a pretty major part of the population that has that mindset. And somewhere along uh, the line, it became cool to think that way. Absolutely. You're a you're a hard ass. You're a badass for thinking yeah, like that. Hard, you know, badass, own ass, those libs. And, I don't yeah. give any. I give no fucks. And um, you know. Uh, I breathe out yeah. like that because it's such a it's such a frustrating situation. I I. Look, you and I are just two normal people. Neither one of us is wealthy. Uh, I have this platform, but I'm far from famous. Uh, We're trying to do something. There's people who have so much more ability than we do to get the word out there. So if, if someone like that is listening, if you have a large platform, if you have some level of fame, if you have the means please put this kind of conversation on your platform. Uh, or, or if you don't think that it fits for your platform, fine. Redirect it to mine. Go in on the website, www.johnallenpod.com and see what you can do to help these people that we're shining a light on. If you have other people that you can think to help, then drop me a message uh, right there on my website on the contact form. Drop me a message. Let me know how you can help out and we'll, we'll, we will accommodate you. If you want to help, I, I, and again, I don't want to put pressure on people, but, but I do, I want to pressure people to at least put it in their mind and, and, and 
speak on it when it when when time allows when the situation allows for it speak on these issues and help to bring more awareness to those who are in need those who don't have it as good as we do that's a challenge i put out there and you know um when it comes to being able to help um like i said you know and like you were just mentioning we don't have a bunch of money and we're not famous and blah 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 i would like to see people who are not necessarily not necessarily able to um, provide a money donation, you know, share the link. Don't just share the link, but write something like, hey, here's somebody who is in desperate need right now. Can we give them a Christmas miracle? You know, what what can we do to help this person? And that's Um, the pressure I want to put on people. Again, yeah, not necessarily to give money. If you can, please do. But if you can give in some other way, give your time, give your input, share the link. There's something... Everybody can do something. Time There's to wake no, up. Time to wake no, up. No, I don't know why I forgot to put my. That's phone the same on. alarm code I use. My phone I, I, never <laughs> rings, John. It rang because we're doing this. But that's my alarm. That's the alarm I use to wake up every day. I'm like, wait a minute, have I dreamt this last Uh-oh. hour? <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. yeah it, everybody can do something. Be, everybody, everybody can do something, and a lot of people can definitely do a little bit more. And yeah. It's. I get it. It's hard. And, um, you know, like Bronwyn was saying about her illness, sorry, it's not, you know, the sexiest illness, right? This is a, a disease in her case um, that is mostly 19 out of 20 people who have uh, IIH are women. So oh, really? Already. It's I didn't know that. Underserved. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely it's I did a, not know that. more of a, a woman's illness. Um I lost my train of thought there. But anyway, uh, you know, it's... That's a good That's a yeah. good point that you made, though, that, um, you know, I've always been saying kind of loosely, yeah, if you can't give money, give in some other way. But you actually mentioned a way that they can contribute, and that is by sharing the link. Because eventually that link will get to somebody who can. You know, there might be a philanthropist out there who hears this, and all of a sudden... And that's all it takes is, like, that's all it takes. two right people. That's all it takes. Actually... There are lots of people with money. There are. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, we won't even go there, but but yeah. And that's okay. Um, and that's okay. And there are good people with money who are doing good things with their money, but they need absolutely. to hear they need to hear endless. about movements like this. And you guys there's, can help them here by sharing the link. Yes. And there's so, so many things to give to when it comes to charity. I'm sorry, my trying to find the thing so I can plug in my battery here. Um, <laughs> there's so many charities to give to, and I understand, you know, things like this aren't necessarily the ones that jump out at people. Um, but these but, are the kind of things that will put the, the funds directly in the hands of those who need it. There's no... Uh, those who need it. Yeah, there's no administrative fees. There's no... Uh-oh. What'd you do, fall out of your chair? <laughs> are we there? Yeah, there you are. Hi. Okay. I thought you fell um, out of your chair for a second there. <laughs> no, but I was saying, what I was saying was, um, uh, what was I saying? Yeah. No, uh, this is, this is far from some big, uh, philanthropist, uh, uh, organization or anything, but this is the type of movement that will put the money directly into the hands of those people who need it. And yes. again, all it takes is for that one 
big-hearted, big-walleted philanthropist to hear about this, and they might think, and I don't want to talk bad about the Red Cross or Salvation Army, but maybe that philanthropist will think, oh, this is a way to put the money, you know, there's no administrative fees, there's no uh, bureaucracy fees or anything like that. This is going straight to these people who need it. And I challenge... It's so realistic, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Here's this person who really just needs... Uh, $10,000 or whatever. They don't need necessarily, you know, millions of dollars for treatments. And These people are asking just to be able to keep breathing like, for a little longer. Can we not have to stress for one night or whatever the case may yeah. be? Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, and, you know, getting back to what I was saying about Bronwyn's situation and about many people's situations is the harder, the, the less you have, the harder it becomes to yeah. get any help. It's exponential. And when you're not like, you know, you don't have a picture of a cute baby yeah. or yeah. you're not like fiercely aligned with someone's political cause or whatever. Yeah. It's not about that. Then, yeah. you know, you can, it's just becomes that much harder. Well, um, it's a it's a it's a strange world that we live in. Uh, it's like I said, it's become cool to be hard hearted. And uh, uh, I want to get rid of that. I want to get back to where it's cool to have a big heart. You know, you can still stand for something and be strong and productive, but you can also have a heart. And I don't believe that that has anything to do with left, right, you know, Democrat, Republican. No. It just has to be, it has to do with being a good person. It, it needs to be cool again to become a good, to, to be a good person. That needs to become cool again. Yeah, yeah. that would be nice, wouldn't it? Is there any parting thoughts you would like to say before we sign off here? You know, there's a there are a couple of people we haven't covered, and that's that's fine. We're going to be getting some more face, uh, some more fundraisers up there. Well, the can, let's 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 say this so that people understand. Yes, there are more people who are going to come into the Loyal Oak Hands program, and you can find that. Uh, you know, check that website daily, if not several times daily. Um, and we will be adding some people on there. Do you want to say briefly in just a couple minutes what these other people uh, are all about? Um, I don't know that I can get into too much there, but, you know, uh, there's Steve Downing, who's one of them. He has um, myalgic encephalomyelitis, also known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Again, it's sort of a long-term situation where this is somebody who's going to continue to need help. Um, And similarly, Elizabeth D'Angelo, who is an artist, an amazing woman, um, who has severe craniocervical instability. Again, these are things that people are like, what? What is that? You know, they're not like big brand problems. And I haven't Um, looked, I haven't looked too much into her case, but I started thinking right away with her being an artist, um, thinking about, um, you know, lifting someone up, uh, maybe not permanently fixing their situation, but just lifting them up to a certain level where they can start doing for themselves and for others. She's an artist. What if we were able to get it to where she could have a, um, you know, a display of her art and maybe she can sell it for some kind of income? She has. I mean, that's part of what she does. Well, there you go. Her and fundraising may... is she has a red bubble. She also sells there we paintings. Go. She takes commissions. Okay. You know, and Sarah also, Jay's Atticus's mom is also an artist who has a red bubble shop. We'll be happy to put those links up as well. The red bubble is on the red bubble. The red to... bubble for Sarah, for, for Atticus his mother is on the okay. the campaign there's a right. link directly cool. to it so people can see that good, good, good. so yeah so yeah. some of these people who yeah. are artists and writers if they could just have a little financial relief so that they could go back to their art and actually employ themselves through that 
there's so many different things that can fall into place if some of these yeah. people just get a little bit of an economic lift. Absolutely. And I know we have a very limited amount of time left, so I did want to reiterate these things that people can do to help, even if they don't have a lot of money. First of all, like you said, small donations, guess what? They're donations and they add up. The more of those we get, the more people can feel comfortable with giving a few dollars or five dollars or ten dollars or whatever. I mean, it adds up. It all adds up. It sure does. And Sorry about that, people. We had a little technical difficulty. We lost the video feed to Sulvai, but here she is, uh -oh. audio only. Yeah, you were right, right in the middle of some important information. Go ahead. I was. What I wanted to say is that, um, again, if you can't give a lot of money, let's say you can't give any money at all, here's other ways you can help. Um, yeah, people sometimes, you know, they're pretty good about like, oh, I'll hit share. Hit share, but, you know, take a minute to write something. Write a little something personal, even if it's, you know, it, it can be from you. It can just say, hey, this is a friend of a friend. They're in a really dire situation right now. If there's any way you can help, whatever, whatever it is, just write something a little bit personal when you, yes. when you share it. The other thing is if you come across an existing post, like let's say I share a fundraiser, um, go on there, share it, but comment on it, yes. like it, love it, do whatever, do whatever it takes to bring attention to it. When a post has more comments, it becomes more visible in there people's you go. feeds. So, you know, rather than posting the fundraiser over and over again, for example, put a comment on one where you already posted it and, yeah. and that'll bump it back up to the top, get more people commenting. It'll become a trending post, you know? It, so things like that, uh, don't just hit share, take the time to write something and don't it really means a look lot. at the post and be like, you know what? There's nothing I can do. So I'm just going to move on. This is really sad, whatever. You know what? Take a moment, hit like, or sad face or whatever your yeah. <laughs> reaction may be and, and write something like, Hey, you know, just giving this a bump. Um, yeah. I wish I could do more, whatever, whatever. It doesn't even matter. Because Most every little comment, good. every little comment and every little like, but especially the comments and the shares, it does something with that all powerful social media algorithm and it really pushes it out there. And this is what we it need does. to get people galvanized to action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, there's people out there, they need our help. We can help them we just need awareness we need more awareness and then i believe we can help these people and change their lives and i also just before we go i want to add all of these fundraisers are extremely worthy all of these people truly and genuinely um need our help um i want to put a special word out though right now for bronwyn because she is like every day fighting off homelessness and she's very ill and this is a truly desperate and urgent situation um again no more worthy than the others that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying in terms of like keeping someone safe and warm yeah. for christmas yeah. she um, literally instance, her she, she literally has a day-to-day -day situation on whether or not she will have a place to stay yeah, she is in desperate need, um, and really, like, this fundraiser, those are her resources. She doesn't have a big network. She doesn't have a family who has any money. There's really, like, not a lot of other places for her to turn. So um, if anyone's feeling generous today, take a look at all of them and, and feel free to donate to whatever moves you um, or, or help in whatever way you can. But uh, just a special mention of Bronwyn right now because I am so concerned for her on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, it's, um, how do I put it? It's, it's a, it's a, she's in dire need. 
She um, is. She's in what they call dire straits, and yeah. we don't mean the band. Yeah, she she really really needs our help, and it was yeah. so sad because money money did come in towards uh, the five hundred that she needed for a deposit, but she was forced to pay for just some day to day, and and it's not like they'll take four hundred and ninety dollars. They wanted five hundred dollars for that deposit, but she had to spend some money for some other things because she is literally. Uh, on the streets or, or in her car with an uncertain living situation day by day. Well, yeah, and even the times, and that's right, the needs keep changing because she'll have one opportunity. She's like, okay, if I can raise this money, then yeah. maybe I can get this place. And then something yeah. else happens for that to fall through. What's she going to do? Sit there with that money and like not get a room for the night, not eat. You know, so we can't hold Let's, people to these like, no. oh, only if you're going to spend it on a deposit for an apartment. It's like, yeah. well, please don't do that, people. Yeah, please but. don't do that because she is uh, and, and, and Joy as well. Joy Linsky as well. It's a floating, varying situation from yeah, day to day. I mean, Try to put yourself in those shoes where you just don't uh, know where you're going to sleep. I can't believe sleep. they took her heat yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy that's insane and again joy imagine again that happening in norway you know in the meantime our government is sitting there discussing giving out um a major relief fund to most norwegian families because electricity prices are so high right now and it's winter time and they recognize that you know what this is a critical life or death need um in the united states not so much it's like well you wake up america sleep on the street yeah seriously it's not acceptable and the fact that people have come to believe that i don't know what it is it's an indoctrination or just this is all we know you know these are the things we've been told this is you know we have the greatest healthcare system on the planet and hmm. and um you know it's true america has a lot of really great doctors a lot sure of research the problem is, is getting there. to that That's the access the to it point though right it's the access <laughs> to it the access to it is so unjust yeah. there's just no um it's just it's for the wealthy and it's not okay. <laughs> well, listen, my friend, I truly want to thank you. You, uh, like I say, when you first came to me and you, you told me the stories of Atticus and Bronwyn, you really touched my heart. Uh, it's because of you that I put this up on my website. It's because of you that I want, want to make this into a formal organization. And I look forward to, to, to furthering our friendship because we are friends. Me too. But I also want to look forward to working with you further on this. Uh, I want to make, make this into a real thing. I want to do what I can with you and with a couple other good people I know. I want to help turn this into something that can be a force out there in the world of giving. So thank you so much, Solveig. Well, and I want to also thank you, John, because, I mean, you really, I love the way you just grabbed onto this and went for it and set up the web page and just your enthusiasm and your caring are um, very, very much appreciated. And um, I wouldn't, you know, be doing anything but sharing Facebook posts about this if it, if it weren't for you. So well, thank you. Um, thank so you. thank you, too. Well, this is what it's going to take. People like us doing the things we do, just on a larger scale with even more people. Let's just grow this. Let's grow this. Let's I see know. what we can do. Please, let's. Okay. And let's start it out, everybody, with some big success for some of these fundraisers. You know, let's give people some hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Take a look. Follow your heart. Well, I just lost my video too. Okay. Well, that's a signal to wrap this up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Coming Home with John Allen. Check me out at the website, www.johnallenpod.com. Bye now.